Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of SDGC After Hours. Today, I am talking about Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. This is Justin, and I am joined today by Derek. Hi everybody, how's it going? So, this game has a bit of a story behind it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, so it we're does. Gonna be talk- <laughs> we're going to be talking about a remaster, Kingdoms of Am- Amalur Re-Reckoning. A lot of people know this game's name and are familiar with it specifically due to kind of the infamous nature of this game. This game was developed by 38 Studios and Big Huge Games back in and released back in 2012, published by EA. And it is an action RPG and the studio was headed up by former baseball player Kurt Schilling. The artwork was done by Todd McFarlane. The music was done by Grant Kirkhope. There's a lot of really big names in it. It also took a very large business loan from the state of Rhode Island. And the game did not do well. The company went bankrupt. There was a lot of court battles following it. Like, the story behind this game is... Did it it bankrupt the state of Rhode Island? I know it was like a a $75 million loan. So it was a lot of money to just go missing. But I remember, yeah, there were like real legal battles about like, hey, we gave you $75 million as part of, you know, to relocate to our state and bring game development into Rhode Island. And then you just immediately dissolved after your first project. Like they might as well have lit it on fire. At least it would have provided warmth to the citizens of Rhode Island. (laughs) And also like this game was supposed to be launching like a major franchise. The game that we're going to be talking about today was actually supposed to be like the introduction game to this world. They were planning an MMO as well as like a series of single player games like they had huge ambitions for this series. Those sort of ambitions never work out. Yeah, no, and they very much did not in this <laughs> in this case. Now, it's it's interesting because this game like I kind of remember it for, I I played Kingdoms of Amalur originally. Um and I remember the the frankly hilarious court battles over uh, that studio dissolving. And it's weird because originally it was developed by um, 38 Studios and, and somebody else. Big, huge games. Yeah. And it was published published by EA. It was back when EA was actually trying to put out more original content instead of focusing on the same franchises over and over again. And um, it flopped horribly. I mean, it, it stayed kind of in the the footnotes of gaming history for a long time. And for years, I have seen people kind of beg for this game to come back uh, in some way or or wish that it had gotten more attention than it did. It's It's been kind of like not exactly a cult favorite. I'm willing to bet that a lot of the people who think that the game didn't get a fair shake also did not play it themselves back in the day, like when it first came out. Yeah, no, it's finally getting remastered. Um, It's being published by THQ Nordic, which is kind of a monkey's paw situation, right? A, I'm not sure how we switched from EA to THQ Nordic. I don't I don't know where that rights flip occurred. I straight up with all the legal battles. I have no idea. Like, I just didn't think anybody was going to be able to or consider it worthwhile to get the rights to this game. I thought the state of Rhode Island just owned it. Maybe maybe THQ Nordic bought it from Rhode Island. I don't know. It could be. But it's it's a monkey's paw situation because, of course, um, early in I want to say it was early in 2019, right? 
Jesus, was that only a year and a half ago? It was like a few weeks before we went to PAX that year. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the the, t- the higher ups at THQ Nordic uh, was named Philip Brock. Did a uh, an an AMA like a PR kind of town hall interview style session on 8chan, which is very famously like the people who are too hateful and too racist and too into children to be allowed on 4chan. It's not a great look. It's quite possibly the worst place on the internet. If not, like it's in, it's up there. It's it's easily the worst PR move I've ever seen. To be like, hey, let's do an inter and and this guy interacted with a lot of like really really awful like questions that were very tinged in racism and and hate and like responding to questions about lowlies and shit like that. It's one of the it's still one of the most baffling things I think I've ever seen in the game industry. I mean the t- the the CEO of THQ Nordic did apologize for that and uh you know I think we all kind of expect that that Philip Brock guy like went rogue but it's still like THQ Nordic to this day has still kind of has a bit of a a bit of a stink eye from everybody. So um it it does kind of suck that this game that people have asked for it to come back forever uh, comes back and it's it's under THQ Nordic. I also do want to mention that um, they are at going to be adding content to this game. Uh, this remaster was essentially just a um, that's burying the lead. What? Okay, yes. So this remaster was kind of is kind of just a straightforward remaster. But early next year, they're releasing a new paid expansion for the game. Got some Age of Empires two situation here. It's super weird. Everything around this game and its history is so bizarre and probably more interesting than the actual game as we'll get into when uh okay right now we should probably actually start talking about the game itself but yeah like early next year there is going to be a new expansion to this game uh for the remastered edition um and it's going to be really interesting to see if this actually is revived as a series or not yeah that's we will fucking see, I guess. It's really interesting because Kingdoms of Amalur is, uh, I think, I remember what before I first played it, when it was coming out, I was having a hard time putting together, like, okay, so what exactly is this game, right? Like, I know it's a big open world RPG, but, like, what's my gameplay like? Like, what does this all look? And it's, it's basically just, like, an action RPG. It's kind of Fable-like, almost, right? Like... It's quite possibly the most generic fantasy setting I think I've encountered in quite some time. Well, uh, yeah, it's okay. So the art style, um, it's done by Todd McFarlane and it looks it looks pleasing, but like it's so clearly like building on like the art style that like World of Warcraft has that kind of cartoony like that cartoony look um there's lots of colors and variety but like n- none of the designs are particularly unique yeah it's technically proficient but devoid of creativity is the way i would put it yes um this is actually kind of something you'll probably hear me say several times throughout this game is the game is not unpleasant to play but like there's not much that really stands out about it yeah i thought it was fun to play i mean i remember like 
when you start the game up and especially in those early hours as you're acquiring different weapon types and first experimenting with the like skill trees that you can unlock and i remember getting like the chakra weapon was really fun to use yeah um, you know it, it was like a surprisingly fun like action yeah. rpg and it just didn't it i think the game went on so long and the combat system never really opened up more than what you had kind of early in the beginning that's kind of the interesting, the most interesting thing about this game is kind of how open it is to building your own character. Um, so basically there's three skill trees that you can invest in every time you level up. Uh, there's a sorcery tree, a might tree, and a finesse tree. You know, certain weapons, armor, sets, all that kind of thing feed into how much you've invested in each tree. But you can always equip two separate weapons. Uh, I played this on PS4 Pro. So, like, one weapon is always, like, your primary weapon is always on the square button. Secondary is always on the triangle button. But you can pretty much do any combination of two weapons. And you are, like, you can be a warrior that also excels in magic. You can be a warrior that also is, you can use, like, giant hammers and bows. I think if you're somebody that really enjoys, like, experimenting with character builds... And, like, really trying to plan out and create a really custom character. I think this game offers something that a lot of other games don't. However, like, you gain so many skill points every single time you level up that, like, you can blow through some of these trees. Like, like by, like, level four, I had almost everything I wanted in the might tree. And it was moving to finesse. And, like... If you're only kind of focusing on specific trees and certain weapon types, you'll be done with it quick. Like, I wanted to focus on great swords, and I had that maxed out at level 4. And, like, maxing it out, you do a ton of damage, but, like, the combos still only... The combos are all just pressing one button over and over again. Because you equip two different weapons, like one for one for one button and one for the other button, and you just cycled between their main basic combo. And I mean, they had some extra moves thrown in with different commands. And of course, you get the, the different abilities you unlock through uh, dumping skill points in, in one of the skill trees. But it's funny because it feels like, yeah, the, the, it, you bring this up and it's, it's unlocking deep hidden memories in my brain. It feels like the game wants to throw so much at you that you can use everything. There's no actually like creating a build in the long term is impossible because you're just going to be able to do everything. You're going to be able to use every weapon. You're going to be able to do the bulk of each skill tree. Like, it felt like you weren't actually designing a class so much as just picking the thing that you were going to be good at first out of the 12 things you'd be good at. So, I don't know. It, um, like I said, it, it, it was interesting when I thought I was going to be building, like, a character. You realize, I realized that I was going to become very homogenous by the end, that there'd be no point in replaying it because there's no other version of the character to build by end game yeah because yeah you get so much that you can basically do everything like because some games you know allow you like it's like hey you can be a jack of all trades or a master of none you can basically be a master of everything relatively quickly in this game and like if you want to use a wide variety of items and stuff it could be very fun but for me i like to have you know my specific role a specific play style and it was so early that i was able to basically max my abilities out for what i wanted to do 
I mean, the combat is still fun. It's really basic now. Um, at the time, you know, there was a lot of games trying. Like, it was at the time where a lot of games were kind of experimenting with moving to more action-based combat um, in RPGs. And there was very, very mixed results. Um, I think this is one of the first games that was actually fun to play. But nowadays, when there are so many other options that do it so well um, and have kind of more unique and interesting combat systems, it really, it, it does kind of lower the appeal. I think this game was very underrated at the time, but that was eight years ago. <laughs> Yeah, you know what's funny is I think back to my time playing Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning and um, way back on the Xbox 360. I I had not really delved deeply into any MMOs yet. I have I have since played um, a decent amount of FF14 by like my scale, which is nothing in the grand scheme of things. And you know what Kingdoms of Amalur reminds me of is a very lonely MMO. It's exactly what it is because it's 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 world is built like an MMO world. The quest structure is built like an MMO where you're just going to be constantly running between areas and talking to people with exclamation marks on their heads and going and doing a bunch of very meaningless things for the points that leave you just running in circles all over the place. Like it felt, it felt more like an MMO than even like I heard people compared to Skyrim back in the day. And, exactly. And like, no, it, it felt like an MM. It feels like an MMO, not like something like Skyrim. I mean, and that makes a lot of sense when you realize that this is supposed to be the introduction to something that was going to be an MMO. Yeah. Right. Like, it seems like this was kind of the foundation they were going to build this MMO that never yeah. happened uh, from. And like. And again, we're probably coming off as sounding more negative than we mean to be. It's fine. It's fine. It's not unpleasant to play. I had a good time. Like, this is a very good game where it's like, hey, I just kind of want to zone out and quest for a while. It's perfect for yeah. that. It's got, um, it's got a better... Let me put it this way. Like, again, I think everybody wanted to compare it against Skyrim back in the day. And I mean, compared against Skyrim, Kingdoms of Amalur has a much more fun combat system. In that it's a combat system that works. <laughs> Skyrim, you play Skyrim for the jank. You play like Kings of Amalur because it has a functioning battle system that, that plays like a decent action RPG, right? Like, I think a lot of people who like, like Fable would probably like Kingdoms of Amalur. Uh, it's just, it's just very, it's like, it's like vanilla ice cream, right? Vanilla ice cream's fine, but like a two gallon tub of vanilla ice cream? I don't know. I can't, like, emphasize enough how many quests there are in this game. It's a long game. If you want to do everything, there is... I gotta double-check how long to beat, because it's it's long. Every... Like, every few steps, somebody throws you a quest. That quest list and is like, so stupid big. And it's also strange, because a lot of the quests seem to end kind of abruptly. Like, sometimes they seem like they're going to set up a longer thing, and then you go back to the quest giver, and it seems like it's going to open up, like, another branch of the quest, and then they're just like, oh, okay, and then you get the reward, and it's like, oh, I did not think I was done. Yeah, so so how long to beat, of course, separating out, like, the different ways people play. Um, your main story, they say, is is roughly 32 hours. Your main story plus extras is 58 hours. Your completionist is 104 hours. Yeah, so I was basically playing this like completionist. I hardly made any 
progress in the main story. Um, and I played this game quite a bit um, since I should probably have said earlier we were provided a code for review. I'll put it in the description. It's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, we were provided a code for review. I, I put a lot of time into this game over the past week. I did a stream of it the other day. But, like, I have not gotten very far in the, like, main quest line of this game. Uh, because there's just so many other quests. Yeah, it's, I gotta be, I gotta be real with you. I, I got, I don't even remember if I beat the game or not. I know that I got really far in it because I was, I was like, I personally was convinced I had to beat this game just to prove a point (laughs) to nobody, I guess. Fuck. I remember so little about the story and, and like, again, to the fact that I can't even remember if I beat it. This game left no lasting impact on me. It is it is an I remember it more for the funny court battle than I do for and for for the first time that I found a chakram and tried using it um, and had fun with it for uh, a few minutes. Like, it's just it's fine. It's perfectly acceptable. It's a well polished game that's not ambitious at all. It's a really good two gallon bucket of vanilla ice cream yeah you know um like let me describe the setup of this fantasy world because it is the most just fantasy thing that i've encountered in quite some time basically there's the fey folk who are immortal and there's a group of them that are attacking mortals and your character died and then came back somehow and now is just no, no longer beholden to fate. I've I've like that's like, the setup personally for this game. skipped over this exact fantasy novel hundreds of times uh, when I go to bookstores, uh, which doesn't <laughs> happen anymore because all of outside is a radioactive wasteland, aka Stalker. also all bookstores have closed. That's that too. But but yeah, like it's just I struggle again. I keep going back to that fucking chakram weapon, and because it's. It's the only sort of it's the only sort of unique thing I remember about that game was it was super cool to have the this like these throwing disc weapons that I was using as part of a melee move set and like tossing them and boomeranging them. And I was like, wow, some some thought went into this, like making this look and feel cool. And that's it. And like I said, that stuff was novel at the time. Nowadays, there's so many other options. I mean, like, if you want an action game, play Bayonetta, right? Like, you wouldn't play Kingdoms of Amalur. If you want a big, open, like, action RPG, the Dragon Age games are gonna do you so much better. Or, like, a billion other things. It's 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 fine at everything it does. It is literally... It's not even a jack-of-all-trades master of none. I think that the game is almost more of, like, like an eight or a nine of all trades. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's fine. It's just... I usually hate to say this phrase because it's such a backhanded compliment, but podcast game, it's this. I'm not like, there's not a single character that's interesting. The story is not interesting. However, it is satisfying to quest, kill some monsters, get some rewards. Yeah. You could play it while you're watching you know, Lovecraft Country on HBO Max. (laughs) No, we are not sponsored by HBO Max. (laughs) Right. But just like you put it on while you're watching a thing or doing another thing, you know, it's it's the equivalent of putting a podcast on while you do the dishes, right? Like it's, it's fine. I just don't think it's, 
I don't think there's any real magic to it. It's so funny to be reminded that McFarlane did the art when the game has none of his flair. Like, I'm not always McFarlane's... His, his art is used in, like, a couple story segments, I think, where it's okay. just, like, slightly animated stills. I thought he was, like, their their art designer. If McFarlane lends his name to a lot of art things. That's true. Where, where he just did, like, a piece of key art or something. But I think, I think he did a lot of the artwork for, like... The cutscenes, because the cutscenes aren't animated, they're just kind of like moving still pictures. But this this game is like like a a the fucking Toyota Camry of action <laughs> RPGs, right? Like like a brand new Toyota done. Camry. It, it is, gets the job done. It is superbly put together, but you are not going to care about a single aspect of it in any like ex- like exorbitant kind of way, right? And also, I do want to mention that the game also is. Like, the first mission feels hard, and then afterwards the game gets so easy because they throw so much good loot at you yeah, immediately. Yeah, good loot, and you can just grind out skill points from quests and experience that, like, yeah, I never remember. I remember it being hard right at the beginning and not having any difficulty through most of the game. Literally, you get through the you get to the first town... And, like, the game throws gold level. Like, the game has, you know, kind of typical blue, purple, green, gold ranks. Back from a time when that actually wasn't too common in single-player games, obviously now that has changed. But, like, you get gold gear immediately. And one funny thing is that also, like, in this remaster, I'm going to talk about a couple of things that are in the remaster version. It is 60 FPS now, at least on PS4 Pro, where I played it. Um, You know, pretty significant um, resolution jump from the original. Much better textures, um, and that's about it. It's a pretty straightforward remaster. But, like, it has all the various pre-order bonuses and crossover things. Specifically, the one I remember, because I played... This game had a really big demo. Yeah, yeah. Back when it came out. That if you... If you played that demo, you would unlock, like, a Mass Effect crossover armor set. And literally, you could, even though this game is no longer published by EA, the Shepard's Armor, like, set is still in the game. You get it when you get to the first town and you go to the special special deliveries thing, which I thought was very funny. I'm really interested to hear and see some stuff from this new expansion coming, because I think that will kind of dictate. It's probably going to be based off the same, like, code base, but, you know, maybe with some new writers, new designers, they could do some more interesting things with it. It's just, for me, I play RPGs for story most of the time, and the story here does not grab me, the characters do not grab me, which characters not grabbing me in an RPG is, like, one of the most damning things I can say about it. Like, this game kind of gets the inverse of a lot of the RPGs that I like, where, you know, I'm really taken with characters, I'm really taken with the story, but there's, you know, jank or, you know, poor combat and stuff elsewhere. This is kind of the opposite of that, where it does not have a good story, it does not have endearing characters, but the core gameplay is fun. Yeah, it's, it's, just, it's, I keep going back to it, man. Two gallon tub of vanilla ice cream. Like, it's, it's fine. It's good. You will get tired of it by the time you're towards the end of that tub. 
probably well before you get to the end of that tub. You're going to wish that there was maybe a little uh, little chocolate or a little strawberry or maybe some kind of cookie dough chunks or something to break it up, but there won't there will not be that. Yeah, like within the first like couple hours, you've seen everything this game has to offer. So I guess it's kind of like a we're going to see what this expansion looks like. And I'd be curious if they have already have plans to do like a Kingdoms of Amalur 2 because there's possibility to like take this and make something bigger and better out of a sequel. Literally, if they could take modern technology, because also obviously visuals will dramatically improve. Yeah, yeah, for like, sure, for sure. And especially if because it's probably going to be a few years before this comes out. So it would probably be a next gen only game. So they can probably do some cool stuff. The world design visuals things like that, if they can kind of inject some more personality into it and, like, really flesh out the combat, I could see a sequel being very good. I just don't know if this remaster and expansion, eventual expansion are going to um, be successful enough to just justify that. Yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, I don't know who this game is for, right? Like, we all have backlogs a mile long. I don't know. Maybe, maybe grab this game instead of, instead of uh, playing Skyrim for the 10th time. But like, you know, again, you've probably got more memorable things on your list than this. So I don't, I don't know how highly I can actually recommend this. Like, it's not bad. I wouldn't make fun of anybody for playing it. It's not, it's not bad. It's just not. I know some people that like that, that have since launch and are revisiting this remaster and really enjoying it. And that's fine. That's totally fair. Um, It does scratch an itch that I think a lot of other games don't lately, which is just doing lots of quests, getting loot, getting gold, killing monsters like. Bro, it sure is a video game ass video game. Yes, it's almost worth checking out, though, just for the sheer novelty of the fact that after all those legal battles, this game somehow (laughs) got a re-release. I don't I don't even know. I don't even know. So, yeah, I mean, we'll keep an eye on the future of the, of the franchise I have put in finger quotes. But, you know, it's a it's a weird artifact of the 360 era brought back. I don't think that I don't think there will be anything really notable about it until maybe this expansion hits. Like, I don't know how heavily it can overhaul it, but I don't know how much the expansion is going to cost either. They did. They only have said it's going to be a paid expansion. I don't know. I'm interested to see what happens. I guess we will. We've kind of repeated ourselves a lot. Because that's okay. So does game. Kingdom Zomala Reckoning. Oh! <laughs> I, I, that's what I was just going to say. It's like, yep. Yeah. Um, thank you for joining me today, Derek. Yeah, thank you for having me, man. Again, um, we were provided a code for a review. And yet we still made all those jokes. We are not shills. Let this be proof. <laughs> we might not be getting another code. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Thank you to everybody that joined us today on SDGC After Hours. And um, we will catch you cool cats later. Yep.